So how can we help as a community? I think the easiest thing to do is to make sure people know who to call if they see a bat and to know to call straight away. Things that people can do around their home for flying foxes, fruit netting is a huge problem, particularly as we come into summer. Um, mothers who are pregnant, they need to eat, mothers with babies, um, you know, any bat will get stuck in fruit netting, but we do notice an increase sort of around this time. Yeah, and so it's fruit netting, you can't be able to stick your finger through the net. That's correct. So anything you can stick your smallest finger through is too big. You can get smaller five by five stuff from Bunnings. Uh, you can also get hail guard, which is um, actually, you can't fit anything through. It's quite um, solid. The other thing about it is you need to gather it at the bottom of the tree and secure it. If you're just draping netting over the top of a tree, anything can get in underneath that netting and become stuck um, without being actually entangled in the netting but still stuck up underneath it. Uh, and it's not just flying foxes with the large aperture netting things get stuck in. You've got birds, possums, snakes, all kinds of things. So we really desperately want people to stop using that. Uh, Victoria's actually banned the sale of it. I wish we would follow suit. Uh, the other thing is barbed wire. There's really no point to barbed wire. People can just cut it. It's not stopping anyone from doing anything. If it's at the top of a fence, it's a risk to a lot of animals and it's, I just don't see how it's actually necessary. So um, bats will uh, hang off the barbed wire, move along, get caught. Well, they'll fly into it. Oh, right. So they can't see it. So another thing that we have is a program for tagging barbed wire fences and we put little silver tags all along it and that way they can at least see there's something there because generally they won't even know it's there and they'll fly into it and often because they're going at speed they'll then wrap around it um, it does a lot of damage to their wing membrane and also their mouths because they try and chew their wing free and so often they will destroy the inside of their mouths trying to chew themselves off so barbed wire and netting are the two ones that you see some pretty horrific injuries and it feels extremely pointless. And also domestic animals. It's really heartbreaking to see the damage done to wildlife from domestic animals that are left outside. Um, cats are more likely to go the microbats and dogs are more likely the issue with a flying fox. Um, I personally advocate for 24-7 containment of cats um, but also if you are going to leave dogs outside roaming your yard at night you really need to trim the trees back so that there's not a reason for the flying fox to come down mm -hmm. um, the other thing is that often if they're hanging off something they'll go down before they fly off uh, just due to the fact they're hanging from their feet so if they do try to escape a dog they may actually drop closer to it while they're trying to leave so if you can just keep feed trees trimmed up uh, to try and minimise that or restrict the dog's access if there are frequented feed trees in the yard because uh, that's another one that we get quite a bit. Um, microbats have a few different issues so some of the bigger ones can get on the barbed wire as well. Um, fans, outside fans, please don't leave those on if you're not outside. Right. There's no need to have them on and they do strike microbats. 
Microbats will also fly into glass. Their echolocation can't see glass. So if you can put decals or something on glass, which is actually relevant for flying foxes too on pool fences. A lot of them hit pool fences um, because they go in to drink by dipping their bellies in the pool water and then they fly off to, to lick the tummy. If there's a glass pool fence, they won't see that. So any kind of glass for either species is a problem. Um, sticky flypaper is another thing that is not good for microbats or any animal. Uh, it's, quite, it's quite a horrific thing to use in your house and it's quite cruel for any animal that gets stuck in it. Yeah. A lot of them just hit things and we just find them on the ground. We don't really know exactly what's happened. Um, another huge thing with microbats is pool umbrellas. They love roosting in pool umbrellas and we get calls for them constantly. Um, the issue often is that people don't think to check inside the umbrella before they rip it open and that can cause uh, well death of the bats that are in there. So we would love for people to cover their pool umbrellas or leave them open. If you do happen to have an uncovered closed pool umbrella that you're going to open, if you could look up inside it before you open it and if there is bats in there we can provide advice. Um, but it's for some reason they're just really moth to a flame <laughs> drawn to the pool umbrellas. Um, but usually they'll have different places they can go so if, if it's open they'll leave and if it's left open they won't come back to roost in it. Um, but yeah, solve the problem if you're going to close it just cover it and seal the bottom so that they can't get in and then that's problem solved. So there's lots of different things. Bats have a way of getting into trouble. They're pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, is there, like, do you get personalities with bats? Yes, you big do. time, big time. Right. Especially when you raise orphans, because with adult bats, we don't want them to socialize with humans too much because the worst thing you can have is a bat that thinks humans are a good, uh, good friend and flies to them. That's going to scare the humans cause people to start talking about bats you know attacking them and it's just some silly bat who thinks that humans are a comfort place so we want to avoid that at all costs but with the orphans up to a point you need to give them love and affection and we do have a process where we wean them off that and we wild them but before that when you really do notice the difference in them um, just the way they behave the things that they like to do, even down to some of them like scratches in a certain place, some of them like to be held a certain way, you know, some of them will scramble to hide, like they'll try and hide in your armpit, or some of them will want to try and sort of get up to your hair, like even the things they try to do are different. Some of them are noisy, some of them cry a lot, some of them are just silent, some of them really, really need attention and affection. And some of them are just pretty, pretty chill. Like, you know, they'll have their bottle, they'll have a little scratch and then you can pop them in bed and they're, they're fine with that. Whereas others will scream at you from the cage saying, come back, <laughs> I want some more attention. Wow. Yeah, so you really notice it in that sense because you're able to be more hands-on with them. But microbats too have very different ways of behavior. Yes, yeah, so I had two two white striped free tails in care at the same time one of them wanted nothing to do with me at all hardly touched him put the food in walked away saw him once a day that was it took him out after a few days let him go he's like see you later the other one was like hi hi hello 
and just wanted to be held, wanted to be pat, like stroked, comforted, absolute night and day. Wow. And just different, different personalities. Is it hard to let go sometimes then? <laughs> yes and no. When I first started, I was like, how could I let my orphan go back to the wild? I've loved this thing. You know, we do bottle feeds and, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, that's why we're doing it. So it's actually really exciting to think that they've gone back to the wild. Um, I've done a few adult releases into this colony uh, and watching them fly back into the colony and talk to the other bats when they get there, it's, it's really satisfying. Yeah. So there's a tiny bit of sadness sometimes, but it's really overweighed by knowing that you've got an animal back where it needs to be and you're trying to keep a species going uh, as best you can. Okay, is taking care of micro bats different than taking care of flying foxes? Yes, fantastic animal to care for if you work. You only need to feed them once per day. You can keep them in a little crate or a little um, humidity crib and that's, that's really all you need to do is just check on them once a day, um, make sure they're alright. We've got mentors in place to help you if anything goes wrong, but they're a really, really good species to do if you're working full time. And as we're coming into orphan season uh, with the flying foxes, they're a bit more of an intensive um, exercise, but great for people on uni holidays. It fits in really nicely with the uni holiday break or people who aren't working or who can work from home. Um, but also we've got rescue, which we're desperate for more rescuers because you know, the more people who are out there rescuing and bringing the bats in, the less the people caring for them have to go out and get them and bring them home as well. So that takes some, um, it takes a lot less time because if you can't rescue, you just say no. Uh, whereas if you can, then you go. And it's really rewarding to find a bat in trouble and get it to safety. And you guys that teach people all, the, all they need to Yes, know. absolutely. We run full training sessions. We've started our training for this year. We've just had one session on rescue, another one this weekend. And then if we get more people join, we'll run another one. And our orphan training kicks off in about a month um, for how to run orphans. And the microbat training we're actually doing in conjunction with another group this year. So if anyone's interested in that, they can get in contact with us and we can let them know how to sign up. All right. Thank you very much, Beck. My pleasure. Um, and uh, if people want to get in contact with Bat Conservation Queensland. So we're at bats.org.au. Um, so if anybody's interested in volunteering or learning more about bats, there's actually a lot of information on there um, about their importance and their role in the environment. So you can look at that. Uh, but if you have a bat that you need rescued, we're on 0488228134, and that's a 24-7 hotline. So we'll send a rescuer out at any time. Awesome. Thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks for having me.